Welcome to the Crazy Cool Family Podcast with Don and Suzanne Manning. Parents, what if we could give you the power to transform your family into something absolutely amazing? A family where everyone is healthy, gets along, loves Jesus, and has great purpose in life. Hey, let us flip your thinking to unlock the power God has given you to create your own Crazy Cool Family. Welcome, and we are continuing our summer series. Suzanne and I have Macy, third daughter, (laughs) and our very favorite Crazy Cool Family employee. That's me. (laughs) Favorite child, favorite employee. Okay, maybe just favorite. Maybe just child that is your employee. (laughs) We are continuing our summer series, Who Knows Your Kids Best? And we want that person to be you. We want yeah. you to know your kid best. And so we're talking to our kids in, in hopes that you will see the dynamics of the parent-to-kid relationship, the kid-to-parent relationship, even kid-to-kid and kid-to-God, so that you can see all the dynamics. And so it will inspire you to get to know your kid better and realize that all kids are different and mm-hmm. different parenting uh methods and techniques and all those things are required right kid right guys yeah right kids right kids (laughs) (laughs) yeah i just love getting to um i guess maybe even introduce you guys to our kids to get to know our kids a little bit um but i really love the value of hopefully you're picking up on how you can get to know your child through the ways that we've gotten to know our kids and so well and it's fun now that most of the Manning kids are adults and even some of us are having kids that we're starting to reflect on our own childhood and be like oh well mom did it like this or dad did it like this but we don't want to do it like that you know (laughs) or or we really need to pick up that like method that really worked and so it's like as we're adults we're starting to reflect on our childhood and that's where kind of the whole series came from was like wow there's so many parents out there who have a daughter or a son that might be like me, that God wired us similarly. So how can Mm -hmm. you learn from the way I was parented or the way my parents chose to parent to like help you? Maybe not make the same mistakes or maybe make the the good calls like my parents made to help raise me. One Mm -hmm. of the things we say at Crazy Cool Family is, is that every parent should have a great relationship with every child at every age. There's never <laughs> yeah. a time. And, and because, and you think, oh, that's such a high standard. But what we want you to do is when, they, when you have relationship issues, you see it not as, oh, this is the norm, but it's a red flag. Right. And so that and you an can- an opportunity. That's yeah. how exactly. I look at it. It's an opportunity to connect with your child. Because when things are going smooth and great, that's when we love it the most. But when <laughs> things are rocky, that's when the connections, the strong connections are made. And the strength of the relationship gets is, like deeper yes, when you exactly. go through the, the hard things together. Yeah. The, yes. Okay. And so we want to just talk a little bit about Macy for a second. What kind of child she is, was. <laughs> was. <laughs> She's yeah. a full grown so, adult now. Here's Macy. I, when I think of Macy, I just think of emotion. Yep. And so when you say that's, is that yeah. so? I'm when in my- Inside Out came, we've talked about this oh, yes. on a different podcast, but whenever the movie Inside Out came out, I just weeped because I was like, oh, wept. Maybe, maybe you should weep. Maybe, maybe the word. I did cry. I did okay, cry a lot. Yeah. I still do almost because every time I watch connected. it. Because yeah. it just resonated. It made so much sense to me. I know I don't have a bunch of little floating blobs around in my brain, but the ability to identify all the emotions, all the feelings going on in my body at any given moment 
it was definitely a huge part of my childhood. Well, one of my earliest memories, or you know, you're one years one year old, and you're and you're telling stories. You can't talk, but so it's like this gibberish. But even the the, the stories you're talking are full of emotion and full of expression. And you know, just you would just say, and from the beginning, you just well, had a passion even, for life. Yeah, I want to go back to even the beginning, the beginning, the beginning. I mean, because when Macy was born, she um, she was born three weeks early, and she came super fast, and she was tiny. I mean, you weren't even seven pounds. You yeah. were so tiny, and and you slept all the time. And she found her thumb very early, <laughs> so she was a self-soother. And <laughs> of the first three of my kids, she's the only one that slept for any. I mean, and and she, you still love sleep. Still right? do, yeah. You still, you, you, you still don't suck your thumb anymore. No, though, right? I'm thankfully <laughs> no. I moved past that. But we, gave, but we gave you a kitten to bribe you. Yes. From, yeah. Yeah. Bribe. Yeah. <laughs> there were so many things we tried, and that's what worked. Got me a kitty to stop sucking my thumb. But I just think about. I mean, so go back, even parents, to the very beginning of the 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 um as you were delivering the baby, if you will. Mm-hmm. What kind of infant were they? Because I think that that starts the pay. That starts it. And so when Maisie was angry as an infant, she screamed really loud. <laughs> but she also learned to laugh really early. I mean, and so even as an infant, and then fast forward to your toddler, and her little hair just stuck up all over the place. Yeah, she was <laughs> such a cute baby. Oh, so, so, so cute. Yeah. She and, was just like... She but was then, just, like, we couldn't, like, for a year or two, could not go out to, to eat because you'd throw a fit somewhere. Yeah, between you know, two because, and three. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it was just so... Everything's about, everything was emotional, you yeah. know, and, and it was the... And, and uh, we've had different kids that do express emotion well, but that's just what defined Macy, I think. And so it was really, and the emotions were, we were out there happy and we were out there sad and we were well, out there in every way. And for me as a mom, I mean, I learned so much from her and moms don't underestimate what your children have to teach you. Yeah. But I was an, I'm an emotional person too, but somewhere along the way, I learned to hide those or stuff those. And so that they would just, they would come out all of a sudden, but then they would get stuffed back again. And so with Macy, I mean, one of the things that we learned together is to have our emotions yeah, and have feel. our feelings. Yeah. And, to, and to go ahead and cry. But I remember, and maybe moms, you do this too, when your child's throwing a fit, you match it. And you throw one too. You know, Macy's throwing a fit in the grocery store and I'm throwing one right back at her. No, you can't have that cereal, you know? And and I just remember, like Don said, we had a season where we didn't take her out anywhere. Not so much because just of- Just put her in the closet. Yeah. <laughs> no, we just, I would stay home or I would go to Target at 10 o'clock at night. Yeah. I mean, I would go and leave her at home when she was in bed. But I- it, I, if to do, if I were to do it over again, and parents, what I would like to tell you is instead of avoiding it, press in, yeah, and and and, and partner with your child and walk them through that. And okay, Macy, I understand that you're upset, and the reason we're not going to get this here, you know, and just to be patient. And I just was not. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me of the base camp video in the one of the courses, probably the parent to kid course, but it was like act like the parent, not the child. Oh, it's in the discipline. <laughs> course. It's in the discipline yeah, yeah. course that like. That was a strategy that maybe if you had to do your parenting over again, you would like you wish someone would have told you that earlier on. I don't remember it. I was too little, but that's <laughs> I like have a, apologized to Macy though. For oh yeah, we're friends <laughs> now. But then, as you get older into grade school, um, you know that's just been a theme of your life is the emotional mm-hmm. stuff, and then also just you know as you're growing up, you have sisters that are 
you've got four we've got four sisters is really who you're growing up with in that in those formative years mm-hmm. and so you have madeline who's a a big personality you have a, your older sisters were very um outgoing mm-hmm. and uh and you tried you just stayed right with them you yeah. know yeah i think i remember on the emotional piece i remember growing up and feeling like something was wrong because Mackenzie and Madeline would express their anger or their sadness like in words. Very rarely was it in action or like outward emotion. Like I'll never forget it. Me and Mackenzie were in a big fight and she just wasn't talking to me. And I was so mad and my face was all red and I was huffing and puffing and I was probably crying at some point. And I was like, what's wrong with you? And she was like, I'm mad at you. (laughs) <laughs> and it was just so stoic and I just was like no you're not like, you're nothing right now like you're making no visible sign that you're angry I'm angry like let's fight you know and I just remember growing up thinking like wow I'm I'm just different and thankfully I had Molly who was also and is also pretty emotional pretty big feeler and so we would be explosive towards each other and I was like oh, okay I'm not that weird you know like Madeline and McKenzie keep it together but at least me and Molly have our big you know knockout tantrums but I agree. I think emotions were a big piece of my life and still are. It's just been a part of the fabric of Well, and then another me. theme that I think about with you growing up is that especially as we move into the um, uh, grade school and, and maybe middle school years is struggling with your appearance. Mm-hmm. And that was a big deal that we had to work through. Yeah. And um, I mean, you want, you want to talk about that just a little bit? Yeah. I mean, I was looking at photos just the other night and I was telling my mom, I was like, growing up as a little girl, I was completely normal, like had energy. It was the normal size. Like, I don't, I don't remember when exactly it switched. I just remember starting to wake up mornings and I was like, I'm like, I'm bigger than all of my sisters, like weight wise, size wise, my face was like more swollen than, I don't know, it was so bizarre. And you look at pictures and there's like a, a chunk of time between when I was like eight, nine or 10, somewhere in there and like 13, 14, when I like started to hit puberty and grow mm-hmm. up and do sports and all of that. But I just remember that wrecked my confidence yeah. and I would wake up every morning and I'd look in the mirror and I would just cry and I never wanted wow. to get dressed and I never wanted to go to church because I just didn't want to be, I didn't want anyone to see me because I didn't like what I looked like and that like shattered a lot of other things like low self-esteem. If you have a kid who has low self-esteem and they're not confident in how God made them, like it affects every other well, part. Well, and just of think about it, you went from this, I mean, literally uh, just an absolutely darling looking little girl. I mean, just it, pictures of her are just, you know. Yeah, people, I was the cutest yeah. out of everyone, <laughs> hands down. Yeah, I can't go there. But, uh, <laughs> but, but you know, then to, to move into that, into that eight, nine, 10, and it was, it really did have an impact. And it had an yeah. impact on our family too, because we were trying to, you know, encourage you through this stage, yeah. if you will, and help you see it as a stage and not. So, I mean, you, you, you talked about confidence. Suzanne, what do you think about, you know, what, when you were going through it, you had to walk through that a lot because you were getting her dressed for church and you were doing all the things so that I were happening. So I think that one of the things that fed into that for Macy, and maybe you have a child like this, is she's a perfectionist. Yeah. yeah. And so there's a thought process that she would run in, run in her head that it didn't really matter what any of us said, what Don or I said or any of the siblings said. You know, if we took her shopping and she looked absolutely darling, she was still beating herself up in her head I looked at the one part of me that 
was too big or yeah. whatever, not like Madeline or not like Kinsey or yeah. And, and I just remember even when it came to like disciplining her, if there was something that she did that we weren't happy with, we couldn't come down on her hard <laughs> because she was beating herself up so much. Yeah. Like there was not a consequence that we could give her that was worse than what she was already giving herself. And yeah. so I think that that fed into it. And I think what happened is a downward spiral happened. I think that she was about to hit puberty and it, 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 and her body was telling her to hit puberty, but she wasn't there quite yet. And so then she put on some weight and then the next thing you know, she started spiraling down yeah. and then the thought processes and everything spiraled down. Yeah. And so we actually went to the, you know, chiropractor, we got some supplements. We went to a, a, a couple different doctors and just to, just to get it checked out for her peace of mind more than anything yeah. to let her know that she's not in the battle alone. You know, that we're going to partner with you and help her. And yeah. so I think it was a, a, if you look back on your childhood, it does maybe feel like that it was a dark spot, but just to know that it's, it's how God wired you. It's who you are. It's how you're made. Yeah. And, but I think as we look at that season thing too, that um, children. there is uh, one of the things that I remember you have said to us is that during that time, um, we did encourage you, even though it may have fallen on deaf ears sometimes, mm-hmm. but it, but eventually that you remember looking back on that with encouragement that even like, you know, Molly as your older sister would be like, you know, trying on those, oh, out, yeah. those other, the more and more outfits and, yeah. and, and how it worked. And, and so one of the things I want to tell parents is, is if you're in that season, you know, it may not be working at the time, but it worked later. Express that a little bit to our, to yeah. the parents that are listening. Yeah, I think like, what to do. like family culture is so important. I don't remember who I was telling this to, but I don't ever remember being bullied or made fun of by any of my siblings for being overweight or having any sort of like they knew. And I don't really understand how maybe I communicate it or maybe y'all communicate it. But like they never like that was just not allowed in our family. Like we were not allowed to tear each other down. And so that's a big deal because like I look back on that. I think you're right, mom. Like I look back on that as like a harder season in my life and a really discouraging season, a dark spot, but not because of my family. Like if anything, my family made it less dark and helped me walk through it um, and helped me see the other side that I think maybe that season was even shorter because of my family and the way we like fought to find healing or we fought to be encouraging or Molly fought to help me grow my self-confidence. Like I just felt like overall our culture was to lift up and not to tear down. And I think that that helped a lot. And so we've described you so far as emotional. We've described you so far as, as having uh, some uh, some issues in that eight to thirteen range. They're very cute little kid. You said the cutest. But, so what else? Would, how else would you describe yourself, personnel? And Suzanne, jump in too. I mean, how, how would y'all just? How would we describe Macy? Uh, like one of the things I would say, super smart, you yeah, know, just say intelligent. Yeah, so intelligent and uh, and and so talented. Like anything she touches turns to gold. Like she, um, Mackenzie took up playing the violin, and so Macy decided that she wanted to play it too. <laughs> and then Macy was like radically better. You know, I think Mackenzie quit because she's like, yeah, why bother? <laughs> Mackenzie worked a lot harder than yeah. I did. Like she, I remember her practicing a lot more and me getting what I wanted to get out of it in well, like thirty then, minutes. <laughs> yeah, because no, one of those and things all music is, is music. 
music. I mean, you've loved music, and 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 that's been an expression mm-hmm. for uh, for really all your life. You've really loved loved listening to music, and then eventually became a worship leader. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. and and worship became a big part of your life. But yeah. even sports, like I think you know, like you played basketball very well. You played, <laughs> I mean, you know, you yeah. were one of the best ones on the team. You played volleyball very well. You played softball and were like the star softball player. Mm-hmm. Never played it before in your yeah. life. The year that you played it, you were like this. I mean, and, and they were having you switch positions. Remember all the different ways yeah. you were batting and you would do it anyway. You, I mean, yeah, I'm yeah. you do it this way, this time, this way, this time. She's like, okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Anyway. And so I just think that, you know, super, super talented. Yeah. Yeah. I think one of the things that I've learned about myself over the last several years was I really am a deep person. Like I have a deep well, but I'm, I'm not the most like, um, sharing or vulnerable first person I will share a little bit but I'm a person of like intimacy like I really mm-hmm. like to feel really close and connected to you I like relationships I like depth I like community and I think a lot of the you ch- like physical touch I do yeah love hug <laughs> now we, pa- we missed that one but yes as a little kid she was the one that would crawl up in my lap she's like mom you've got another baby in your belly I just want to yeah. sit in your lap that's my spot <laughs> yeah I think yeah just con- like connection and intimacy are two words that I feel like have really marked my life and I think the church has being involved in the local church being com- committed to the local church has really fostered that of like I like people make me better like I wasn't made to do my life alone. I'm actually really unhealthy when I'm in my head all by myself. I think that's one of the reasons why God put me in the family I'm in because I thought I was a, like an outward extrovert, do it all by myself or do it with people my whole life. And then I get to college and I'm like, wait, I love being alone. I just never had the chance to be. And I swung to the total other end of the spectrum where I was actually pretty unhealthy and I spent way too much time alone. And now I've kind of found my better middle balance. Well, you're a unique combination because you are an external processor, but you're Mm -hmm. an introvert. Yeah. So I need people (laughs) to listen. I need avenues of like, help me get this like wave of thoughts out but then I'm exhausted and I'm like, but now I need to go like walk by myself well, to or be sleep. in a room full of people is exhausting. Yeah. But, but then, I mean, just to come, you know, just to make things even more fun is that while you are a perfectionist, like the one on the Enneagram, mm-hmm. but when you're your healthiest, you're the seven, which is the happy go lucky yeah. fun, make fun, make fun. And yeah. so when Macy comes to town, she's just like, okay, let's go swimming. Let's go bowling. Let's go on the boat. Let's go this, let's yeah. do that. Yeah. You know, all the things, all the like fun. An entertainer. Yeah. The entertainer. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But the, introvert and then the anyway it's just a fun yeah lots of dynamics and I think going back to what I said the connection piece like I go to bed at night feeling so accomplished if I've like been productive done things accomplished something but then really just had fun with people along Mm -hmm. the way like if I got to be around people use my gifts use my talents all of that I go to bed feeling like wow that was a great day well and that kind of gives us a picture of who you are and then um it makes me think about uh, during your growing up years. This has been so fun uh, with each child just going back down the memory lane <laughs> and, and seeing. But, you know, so as we parented you and and as you were react as you were responding to our parenting, what would you say that worked? So we've got so we're kind of paying a picture. Uh high achiever you know things come easy emotional musically oriented um you know did well in school child um 
but went through some issues. Yeah. So, and, and how did we parent? What, what worked? So are you saying, what did we do right and what did we do what wrong? What did we do right yeah. and what did we do wrong? Okay, what, yeah. What Simplify. Worked? What yeah. did we do right? Parenting. Brag on us and yeah. what did we throw us under the bus? Yeah. Oof. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, I think what we talked about with family culture, I don't, I, I'm trying to remember and go back, but like, I don't remember us verbalizing, hey, this is our family culture. This is what we do. It was just kind of y'all led by example. And I remember us talking about the family name, but I I don't fully remember how we did all these things. I when just, you said the family name, you mean, hey, you're a Manning. Yes. Just for explanation purposes. Yeah, yeah, for yeah. People. Family name. Hey, you're a Manning. This is what Mannings do. This is what Mannings don't. Yeah, it was identity stuff. and character kind of being infused in us through our banner of our family name. So, hey, Mannings don't lie. Mm-hmm. Hey, Mannings don't hit their siblings. Hey, Mannings, you know, try in school to do their best. We understand if you don't do perfect, but try your best. Like those were things that were in me growing up. And I, I think that if you're going to do one thing as a parent, like get your family name, get some identity and character into your kids because I didn't even know that was happening to me. And then I just like woke up one day and I was like, wow, I'm like integrous. How did that happen? <laughs> you know, like I deeply care if I lie or not, you know, and I don't, I just think that was a really big win that I didn't even really realize was happening. It just like kind of dri- dripped along the way. Um, and something else was... I remember very specific points in my life, you know, early memories, but also middle school, high school, and even into college where you guys pulled me aside and just encouraged me. Like I remember there was a time when dad and I were in the car and he just said he was really proud of me as a daughter. And that like, that marked me as a kid and as a woman and as a daughter. And then so many times where mom and I would be sitting in the car, sitting in the bathroom, sitting at the foot of her bed. And she would just say like, Macy, you're amazing. Like, Mm -hmm. I love you just the way you are. Like, there's no one in the world like you. God made you so special. Yeah, you're not perfect. No one's perfect. No one's asking you to be perfect. Jesus was perfect. So you didn't have to be. But I think you're amazing. I think and even just that whole dynamic of going from being a kid to being a friend of your parents, like. I genuinely feel like you guys like hanging out with me and you like being around sure. me. So the encouragement and just the dripping. I get to culture. go bowling when you come. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. We did do that. One of the things that I always <laughs> said to my kids or one of them, it's like, I wish you could see yourself like I see you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I wish you could see yourself from my eyes. I wish you could see how amazing you are. <laughs> yeah. And which means that parents, you got to see your kid that way. You yeah. know, so often we see our kids and it's tough sometimes to, we see them as what they're not doing versus seeing what they are yeah. doing and who they are. Seeing them as who they're not versus who they are. And once we see them as who they are, then we can tell them who they are. Yeah. Because it, if you're a hypocrite about it, that, that comes out too. Yeah. So I mean, And words are so powerful. Like hearing you guys rehash my baby days is so fun <laughs> because you genuinely thought my baby days were fun. But I wasn't a perfect baby. But you chose to remember the spiky hair and the fun little toddler yeah. and the crazy stories. You could have gone on this whole rant and been like, oh, Macy was the worst. I never <laughs> got to go out to eat because she just never like it's yeah. totally the power of your words. And I think that I think that sometimes parents, we don't like parents don't realize the power of words that they that they have over their kids. Well, and there were some frustrating times. I mean, like in high school, um, that whole <laughs> introvert 
fun person thing, I would try to go into your so room. So hit or miss. Yes. It was, and so, but I mean, mostly I missed a I lot. Like, I want to externally process with you because yeah. I'm an external process. Yeah. And so like, no, I would go, I mean, so often, I mean, she would, cause she spent a lot of time alone in your room in high school and yeah. you might go into why that is, but I mean, it was, you know, I would go in there here. Hey, I'm going to be this great parent. I'm going to go connect with my daughter who's yeah. 16, 17 and go in there. And I feel like I was the biggest in, uh, inconvenience yeah, to you, you were, right? Yeah. <laughs> At that time in my life, you really were feeling that. And what you were picking up was a hundred percent correct in that moment of your life. And it was yeah. so, it was, I was, disappointed as a parent I'm like what am I doing wrong and yeah. but you know it, it, so it wasn't all you know perfect in any way yeah yeah I think high school was really where I felt connected to mom and like she knew me but I didn't feel like dad and I had any commonalities like I wasn't playing sports anymore I wasn't like really doing anything that him and I had commonalities and so every time I would say pretty much every time he would come up to my room he would come up when I was talking to friends or I was trying to get homework done or I was in between. Like I'd gotten home from school and I was about to go to church or I'd gotten home from something and I was about to leave. So I was rushing around doing something and he would come in so happy and so cheerful. And I usually wasn't like I was a teenage girl and I was probably moody about something. And so he'd be like, Hey Macy, how was your day? And I was like, dad, really not right now. And I would like try to be nice about it, but I, I just got so fed really. up. I'd be so blunt and honest. And I, he'd walk like with little puppy with his like tail between his legs. He'd be like, okay, we'll have a good night. Okay. Yeah. Bye. <laughs> so sad. And I'd feel so bad, but like literally the thoughts that, and I don't know if we've ever talked about this, this extensively, but the thoughts that would go through my head were he wants to talk to me for him, not for me. And that was a lot of our relationship in that season. It was on his terms. It was on his time. It was very rare that like he would talk about me. It was a lot about him talking about him. And it was like hard for me to like engage with that when I was so self-absorbed, honestly. And so I remember that change senior year. I remember there were multiple times that we went to breakfast together. Mm -hmm. And it was so helpful for me because I was like, okay, I have this time set aside for my dad He's asking me about me. I'm asking him about him. We're like actually connecting, but the flyby things just were not working. It was it was not on my terms, which I don't think I had a right for it to be on my terms, but I felt like I did at that point. Well, and you're 16. I mean, it's like, uh, I just, I think that there's... Um so many lessons to learn from that is, you know, yeah. making it about them. Um, and also just that the things that sometimes it works parents and sometimes it doesn't. But I think one of the things that we found over course of time is the consistency of pursuit, the consistency of parenting. Yeah. That's what really works over time. It's not the, well, it's the intentional pursuit. I mean, if it's the, it's going after her, he just kept going there. So she, no matter how you felt about him, you knew he was there for you. Yeah. You know, no and matter And when I what. needed him. And when you that needed him, deal. he was there. Yeah. He was available. And so a lot of the times I think parents are, we're the ones that give the kids the, the stiff shoulder. We're the ones that we maybe don't pursue them because they've hurt our feelings, because we've 
pursued them and yeah. and they and they have rejected us. If oh, you it will. was and it was from you know you were talking about from your perspective. I mean, from my perspective, it was hard. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, was mean. it was like <laughs> okay, let's go in here and get punched. Yeah. Okay, <laughs> hi Macy. Oh, bam. Okay, okay, here we go. You know, yeah. and, and let's go in there again and knowing you're going to get hit most of the times. Yeah. I mean, that's hard to do as a parent. Um, but remember, it's not about you. I mean, yeah. and that's what it's just as the parent. The It's about the connection and it's about the relationship and it's about the child. And they've got their, their emotions full. I mean, like it's the teenage years. If you've got a teenager, you've already probably started experiencing it. They're, they're trying to figure life out and they don't know who to involve in that and who not to and yeah. when to do that and when not to. And so as parents, if we give them space and we're there for them, then they're going to come out on the other end of it with a great relationship with you yeah. and just continue to be encouraging I think and, in yes, all the things everybody needs I needs to hear that yeah I didn't feel necessarily connected to my dad with all the things I was doing but I knew in my head that he supported me but and, and I also feel me. like yeah. you know for dads with girls especially I mean I think it's happens with boys too but um it's almost like the mom and the and the daughter they have this this daily relationship but it's like a dad speaks life. It, it, I forgot some, I wish I could remember the statement, but it's like the mom, the dad gives identity, the mom gives connection, but the dad gives identity. I, that's not, I'm not saying exactly right, because like, for example, one of the things that, you know, as you were growing up, I kept saying, Macy, I think you're a worship leader. I really do. I think worship, is, and you were like, ah, maybe, you know, whatever. But then kind of tell the story of what happened before your junior year between your sophomore and junior year when you were you were softball volleyball player and but starting to learn to hear God's voice and then what happened then yeah I think when I was in when I was younger like we can talk about this later too but I have always connected with God through worship and so that was my discovery process with God was through worship worship songs music like we talked about and I I like loved singing, but I never, I didn't have that self-esteem, that confidence. And so mm-hmm. as I got into middle school, I got scooped up by a mentor mentor who started like, like speaking that identity into me of saying, Hey, you're a worshiper, you're a worship leader. And in sixth grade, I actually started leading in kids ministry with worship. So I had been set on this track of like, Hey, you're a worshiper. But in sixth grade, I didn't have any self-confidence. And so like my parents came along and were speaking that identity too. And I think it just took time. But eventually it was that the summer between my sophomore and junior year, we had a sermon series and I felt like the Holy Spirit was speaking to me saying like create margin in your life. And so I created what that looked like for me was quitting sports, quitting some school activities and making space for worship. And I remember bringing that to my parents and being like, hey, can I do this? Like, like, dad, you really love that I play softball, you know? And like, and I did. Yeah. And I, like, I don't really think I want to do that anymore. And I remember the response was not condemnation. It was not like even critical. It was like, no, you're a worshiper. Like we've known this about you for a long time. If that's the way you want to go, then go. And so there was so much affirmation. Well, and then one of the things that happened there is we got you voice lessons Mm-hmm. And, and remember we, so that's where as a dad, you know, so I, I jumped into this. So I was like, Hey, here's my, um, uh, she won't talk to me, but I can help here. You know? And so Guitar we, lessons. Yeah, yeah. We wound yeah. up investing in, um, the resources to help. And over the course of that next year, yeah, dramatically changed your voice Yeah, and you learned to play the guitar, maybe piano too. I can't mm-hmm. remember, but I mean, yeah. 
And I remember at the end of the year, and this is just, you know, that we went to go see you at leading worship for the youth. And I hadn't really seen the impact of all that. Mm-hmm. And just watching you lead worship, and it was like it was a transformative versus what we've seen yeah. in September of that year or whatever. Yeah. And it was like, wow, okay, now now it's turning into a and that was your junior year. You still wouldn't talk to me, but it was <laughs> I mean, but it was a but you could see the winds. And so, you know, the yeah. winds my, my point to that is is that as you go throughout you know, this, uh, and, and really Suzanne's more emotional. As she said, I'm much more the McKinsey and Madeline, you know, I'm much more, I'm going to talk out my feelings. And so, but you look for how you can get wins with that kid. That's different. Yeah. And that was one of the ways that happened for me and, yeah. and for you too. Well, and I think one of the things mom said is really good too. Like it's not, it's not about, and this is hard to say, cause I'm not a parent. So I haven't experienced this yet, but like it's, as a parent, it's not about what you get. Like, it's not about if you feel loved from your child. It's not about if you feel affirmed by your child. Like, that, that'll come as they get older and they become more aware. Like, I hope I'm an encouraging person to my parents now. But when I was 16, I didn't give a single darn if I was encouraging to <laughs> you guys or not. Like, that's not the point of raising kids is to, like, for them to fill your cup. The point is for you to pour into them. So I think that's something that y'all did really well is that you you saw me and you loved me right where I was at, but you didn't expect me to like satisfy you. You knew that's not how it was well, supposed to and work. And so often, parents, that means that that's why we talk about a crazy cool family that pursue God's at the top of the house. Yeah, because if that's you, you don't, have, that's because yeah. otherwise, I mean, it's so hard not to. It's it it really does hurt, and you got to have. I always tell parents. You got to have a place to take those hurts. The hurts are going to come in parenting. From your kids. From your kids. (laughs) But yeah, I mean, I can go through seasons of rejection with every one of my children. And and God's got to be the one that otherwise it it does hurt because you love them so much. Yeah. Um, So let's talk a little bit about, uh, well, about your relationship with God. So you talked about how your junior year, you're hearing from God. I mean... Think back to when, you know, when did your relationship with God start and and when did you start to, you know, tap into that a little bit? Yeah, so first I would just say that prayer is the most powerful tool that a parent can have. And I know that I had been prayed for by my parents and by people around me that raised me. And so I believe that my life was covered with prayer. And so I think that the Holy Spirit had access and was moving really early on in my life. And so some of my first memories were being in church and worshiping and hearing about the character of God and the nature of God, learning Bible stories at night with my parents or in Awanas. Like those are some of my strongest and first memories. So my whole life I'd known about Jesus. And recently I went through a discipleship school and they had us go back to our day of salvation in our memory and like relive it and the Holy Spirit took me back to when I was about six or seven years old and it was some Sunday morning and we passed out cards that said do you want to follow Jesus and you check the box yes or no invite him into your heart so classic Baptist church (laughs) so cute and I remember now because I went back through the memory with the Holy Spirit I remember really strongly like weeping and I remember my small group leader her name was Tracy she held me the rest of service because I was weeping and I couldn't, I couldn't express why, but it was now I know I was like feeling the presence of God and he was like coming into my life. So I believe that's when I first started 
like like following God. I think from that point until about high school, sophomore, freshman, sophomore year, it was a lot of like learning about God, trying to figure out who he was, gaining experiences, went on some mission trips. But also during that time, you're also going through your self-esteem issues. And so what did that do to your relationship with God as well? Yeah, I don't remember it directly impacting it. I don't remember, I mean, maybe y'all do, but I don't remember being mad at God. Like to me, they weren't it wasn't a cause and effect. Like, Mm. because I follow God, I'm having these issues. It was more like, I'm a bad Christian because I don't have like confidence and I should love how God made me. And I don't. So it was like, I always knew God was there, but I didn't really, I didn't think he could fix it. And I didn't think that he was the reason it was just kind of like, this is the cards I was dealt. And why can I not get over myself? Why can I not be happier? Um, but as I got older and I like learned to hear God's voice, I realized a lot of it is receiving identity from God. That's what gives you your confidence. It's not Mm. about how you look. It's not really even about how you feel on any given day. It's about who God says you are. And when I started to learn those skills, I was able to process through not perfectly, but I was able to process through the self-esteem and the insecurities a lot better. And I think that's what kind of that in like worship and encountering God through powerful worship was like ways that I really started to grow in my relationship with God. And then your mom taught you how to hear the Lord's voice. Yeah, that happened somewhere along middle school too. I was having a lot of chaos in my head, a lot of anxiety, a lot of fear. And she just kind of helped me sort it out by saying, hey, there's there's only so many voices going on in your head at one time. It's your voice, it's the enemy's voice, or it's God's voice. And I just remember like instant clarity happened in my brain. She gave me some examples. And I remember from that day forward, I was able to sort through, oh, that doesn't sound like God. Or if I didn't know, I'd ask her or I'd ask someone. I'd ask Madeline, does this sound like God? And so I definitely learned how to hear God's voice from a young age. And I'm still learning what it sounds like, especially through like same (laughs) big life decisions. It wasn't like a one and done, but it set my life on the trajectory to like hear God and know God and like want to experience God from an early, pretty early age. And so as you, as you look back over, what is it that we as parents could have done or what do you suggest that parents out there do or what are you going to do as a parent someday to, you know, draw your kids to the Lord, point them to the Lord? Yeah. Like I, there's a lot. I mean, we sound all peachy and rosy, but we <laughs> didn't pray with our kids every night before they went to bed. We didn't have family devotionals every, you know, morning. Don tried, bless his heart. <laughs> didn't work well. It didn't work. He wanted us to get up at six. I'm like, are you insane? I nursed a baby all night long. <laughs> Everybody's asleep at six. No, thank you. Um, but anyway, I just know that there's lots of things that lots of families are doing out there. I love that. If you're doing something with your family that's working, please share yeah. it with us and we'll share it with other families on our social media. But what's something that you think you might do just even through learning from the church that you're a part of or mm-hmm. see babysitting families that they've done? What's yeah. something? I think something our family did really well was we didn't really like listen to anything but worship music. Like I growing up in the car specifically, you know, shout out 94.9, you know, I think they're still going, you know, like that's all we really listened to. And same with what we watched. Like we didn't, not our whole lives. Like by the time we got into middle school and high school, we let some of the world in. But I remember, and I, I will do this with my kids. I will be pretty strict on what they listen to and what they watch. And the reason I believe now that I've gone through college and I've done human development education 
is their brains literally don't have the developmental skills to process what they're seeing and what they're hearing. So they're taking it in as absolute truth. And I want my kids to take in the truth as absolute truth. And so that's something that I think we did really well. And something that I think parents could do or that I want to do is I think emotions and talking about emotions and feelings are really important. I recently saw an Instagram post that was like a, a way to talk with your kids through emotions. And I'd never seen that before. Mm-hmm. Like, don't minimize it. Don't over explain it. Don't lecture. You know, they had a lot of good points. But I think that's something that like we didn't do that much is like give give kids words for how they're feeling or teach them to have mm-hmm. words to how they're feeling mm-hmm. and then give them the tools to work through it. I think that's something that all of us could have benefited from learning earlier on is like, hey, are you feeling angry? Okay, this is what anger feels like in your body. Yeah. Okay, why are what you do feeling you do angry? With it? Yeah, and yeah. if they're little, they don't have the words to express it. And so you have to help them. You have to comfort. You have to walk them through it. But eventually they need to learn the words and that's going to benefit them. I mean, in my marriage right now, Jared and I are processing that. Like, what do you do when you don't have the words to express your emotions? It's not okay to just not process it. Mm -hmm. It's not okay to just sit in it and affect everyone around you. We have to learn how to identify it and move through it. So the earlier I can teach my kids that, the earlier parents can teach their kids, especially if you have a highly emotional child like me. I'm like, please educate and equip your emotional little boys and girls (laughs) to talk about it to process it get them a journal as soon as they start learning their letters and words have them start writing you know whatever you can do because it's it's not fun watch inside out often yeah (laughs) use that as an education tool it's just not fun to have all these emotions swirling around inside of you and feel like there's no way to work on it when there's Mm -hmm. so many ways to work on it that's good those are a couple things i would say worship music and educate your kids on what would you say in terms of your relationship with god and or our relationship with you that um some things we just did that besides me coming into your room in high school uh (laughs) that didn't work i mean that you that you felt like that um you should uh that you would want parents to know about from that standpoint um lecturing doesn't work (laughs) sorry (laughs) if you think it does um and why it's ineffective like kids especially like so many memories of driving home in the car at night after something and just being lectured the whole way home you don't you don't absorb it you don't hear it like it just sounds like words like you don't get out of the car being like wow I have three takeaways of how I should improve my life like it just doesn't work that way I don't know why but I'm going to radically change yeah, my life. Like I'm inspired all the way to home. go and do everything else better. <laughs> like, I don't know. I think asking questions is better. Self-discovery is better. Um, giving the kid the space to process through whatever they have or not talk about it. I think one of the best things I've learned recently is if you can't, if you don't have the words for it right now, let's talk about a time when we could talk about it. So right now in the car, this feels too hard. Okay, well, what about tomorrow morning when I take you to school? Can we talk about it then? And like giving them the space and the choice, but not shoving it under the rug. Um, So lecturing, I would say doesn't work. Something else that I've processed now that I'm older is that, and as Jared and I are deciding how many kids we want to have one day and our family size is, I wouldn't say I was quality time growing up. Like there were other siblings that that's how they felt loved. But 
you still need to spend some time <laughs> with your kids <laughs> to like show them that you love them. Oh, just hug seen. that one. That's all she needs. Yeah. Like here, give her a new doll. She's good for three months. Like it doesn't actually work like that. So I think that was really hard growing up that like my parents were spread pretty thin. And especially with my mom having babies, I didn't grow up feeling like mom and I were always hanging out. But we were also homeschooled, so I did feel like I saw her a lot. But I think intentional time was something that we lacked. And even now, like we've been talking about that since we're adult kids, my parents are even more spread thin. Like they are, have so many things. They're trying to do weddings and graduations and babies being born. And it's like, wow, seven kids is like seven whole lives, seven whole friendships. And you add spouses to that. It's like. And grandkids now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There's no way yeah. that you're going to have enough time. So I think, yeah, I totally experienced that as a little kid maybe even not feeling like I could approach my parents with things sometimes because my mom was literally nursing or my dad was literally taking four kids to four different basketball practices or whatever. So just being mindful of that as a parent too, that your kids see and know they may not have like a log in their room of like the last time dad intentionally talked to me was four days ago and six (laughs) hours, but like they, they feel it, they know. And then don't be surprised if they act out or if they hide something or if they're going through something and they don't share it with you because there's not that like intentional connection that they actually really need. Yeah. We say all the time that if they're one of those relationship lines are broken, if you put, if you apply an intentional time to it, then it will um, become it will strengthen greatly because I mean it makes sense because all the other things kind of come into play. If you de- if mom decides to take me out on a date, she's probably gonna buy me like a coffee or some sort of meal and maybe like a fun shirt. Like that would make me feel so loved. So she's doing that, like buying me things. Or if she's hanging out with me, and we're driving in the car. I'm probably gonna share something and she's gonna encourage me. Okay, well that's words of encouragement. You know, mm-hmm. like we're together and so that's proximity. That could even be enough physical touch. Maybe she gives me a hug at some point. I would, I would love that. <laughs> Maybe I pat you know, her. Yeah, yeah, just like a little touch. Like so, those other ways to love are gonna come out when you choose to put that intentional time in, and it it works. Well, and so as we kind of start to land the plane a little bit. Let's wrap up and transition. That it's a good transition to your relationship with your siblings, because you know, with a large family, sometimes the the, the sibling relationships and the kid to kid relationships start to um, not make up for the parent relationship, but they help supplement that. Yeah. Um, what was what is and and has been your relationships with your siblings? Yeah, I would say my siblings are my best friends, specifically like Molly, Madeline, Kinsey are. They've just always been there. They'll always be there. They're the ones I'm going to raise my kids with. They're the ones I'm going to be at weddings with, like have been at weddings with. They're my they're my ride or die, as the kids say these days. <laughs> um, and I'm so grateful that that was the culture we were raised up in. We were not always great siblings. There was whole seasons where Molly was babysitting us and I was her worst nightmare. And I literally <laughs> made it my goal to make her hate babysitting so much that she would beg mom and dad to pay for someone to come. And so we didn't have the Because best. she was controlling? Was that oh, she was the worst. Yes, she was just. She, but then when we got a babysitter, you didn't like that one either. Oh, no, there was no win. It wasn't really about her. It was about missing mom and dad. But as I got older, it was a lot more about like, don't tell me what to do. Yeah. You bossy woman. Yeah. Like, and she knew that she totally, anyways, different podcast. We can talk about <laughs> that dynamic. But we're great now and we love each other. And so I think that 
the dynamic between each sibling is really important. Mm -hmm. And me and Madeline, I struggled with a lot of comparison to Madeline because she was literally the opposite of me in every way, but we looked the exact same. And you're only 18 months apart. Yeah, we're 18 months apart. Me and Molly were more years. There was a bigger gap, but me and Madeline were, yeah, she was just 18 months older. Compared myself to her, got confused by people that I was her. Like people wanted me to be her. Like, oh, Macy's here, not Madeline. You know, like there was all kinds of comparison that was rooted in that relationship which thankfully god like helped me break off and i don't live in that anymore and so our relationship is really close kinsey and i have always been best friends and then i feel like me specifically have had just the sweetest opportunity to be close to each of my brothers Mm -hmm. i lived at home when they lived at home i drove them to school a lot I lived at home during college summer, so I hung out with Maddox and Kate a lot. Jared and I recently lived at home as we were moving between states. So we lived with Maddox and Cade this whole last summer. And so there's just a, there's like a friendship that I feel like we have. And I was the sister with them that was like really rough. Like I always yeah. played games so with them true. on the trampoline or I'd wrestle yeah. with them in the pool. I'd almost drowned them, you know, or like yeah. I was just always after them. I had so much like energy. I had to get it out and they were like my targets. And now they like beat me up every but single time. They didn't, but for a long yeah. time we would say, Macy, you can't beat your brother up. Yes. It's not good for his masculinity. <laughs> yeah, but I can. Mom. No, I know you can, Macy. Like, I can take shouldn't. all three. <laughs> but you shouldn't. And I don't know when that day is going to change and that day has changed. It did. Like, we had, you know we had, the exact moment. Yeah, we know the exact moment. And we don't need to talk about that day. So it's humiliating. <laughs> but yes, I feel like all of my siblings, what I love about my siblings and the like kid-to-kid dynamic and parents, I want to encourage you with this too is like like help your kids find that thing that they love about their other siblings like I love that Michael is so into knowledge and learning but he's also sporty and active and he likes to be outside we connect on those two things and like I love Maddox like I can't talk about him for too long without crying because he's my male mini me in Mm -hmm. so many ways we were made alike by God and I have connected with him and had amazing conversations over these last couple months with him that have challenged me and stirred me and I love Kate Jared and I went worked out with him the other day and he (laughs) they want to adopt him (laughs) we do we like asked my parents to like put us as his legal guardians in their will because we love him he's just so funny and he's so black and white straight to the point and blunt and relevant he teaches me things all the time and so i i love all of my siblings but i haven't always had great relationships with them and i think that's the point like as a parent don't freak out if your kids are not bffs from day one but also help them invest in each other and find ways to love each other because your kids were made and it is possible for your kids to well, be this, best friends. Yeah, this has been super fun. And, and I just, that's a great way to kind of end this. It, it, you know, I want you to say, you know, Macy, for example, she um, struggled, what did you say, 10 to 8 to 13, with, but yet just finished a half marathon. So, I mean, Woo-hoo. yeah, and and, uh, and is, you know, just overcame all that. The parenting's a long-term game, yeah. and, and there are going to be stages, ups and downs, and I hope you see that, and, and you know, as we've seen in all, as you're, as you're seeing in our kids, and we'll see in all our kids, there's all kinds of stages we go through. There's all kinds of relationship stages and developmental stages and all the things we go, but we're in it for the long term. Consistency works. What did you say, Suzanne? Just the, the intentionality of it works yeah. as over time as you, um, and uh, understanding that 
like you said, Macy, their approval of you does not your identity. You know, that God is your identity through yeah. it all. And so I think we, we see that that's happened and just tying them in with the siblings and all that. So any final words, guys, as we end this? I was just going to say that just to remember to look at parenting as a journey and that yeah. relationship with your children is a journey. And all journeys have got their high points and their low points and their hard places and their easy places. And to just press into each of those places because with that creates opportunity to know, love, understand them as a person and just to see them as a gift. I mean, and that's what yeah. I did with all of my kids is they're a gift that God has given me that he's um, given to bless us completely and totally. And when we look at it like that, then it really removes all those expectations and those perspectives and even getting your feelings hurt, you know, yeah. all of those things. If you remove that and okay, God, what do you want with this gift? You know, yeah. how do, how do I steward this gift? How do I love this gift? Well, and so if you just submit to the Lord, our church is saying right now, Holy spirit, we invite you in or Holy spirit come, you know? And so I just encourage you to do that, yeah. you know, with each and every one of your children as we've been doing this summer, but to share with you, as you go on. Macy, any final thoughts for our parents? Love your emotional kids <laughs> and train them up. The verse of Love like the cry babies. Yeah, yeah. The verse of like train them up in the way they should go. And when they're old, they'll not depart from it. Like start now. If you have a one year old, a six year old, a 16 year old, like start educating them now on identify your emotions. Let's talk about it. Let's, let's process it. This is a safe place. All of that, because like, people have emotions and our world yeah. is getting wrecked because we don't know how to process them or we don't think they're valid or we think we are our emotions and that's our truth. There's so many messed up things mm -hmm. about it. So go, go get resources, go figure out how to love your emotional child. And then I would say, just be a place for them to listen. If, yeah. if they don't have you as a safe place, reset that this summer. Like, Hey, I'd love, I'd love to be a safe place for you. What would that look like? Ask questions, be open and get to know your emotional little feeler. Yeah. <laughs> little baby boy, baby girl. It's and worth so, it. Uh, I'd like, I hope I remember to do this on every podcast. I'm trying to, but just to end it with this, that we, we love you and we're proud of you. We, uh, we believe in you. Uh, we love that emotional little girl that's now an emotional, <laughs> but yeah, that's now an emotional adult. Yeah. And uh, we, we love the person you've become. And um, we're super proud of you. And so, um, and we are excited about your journey going forward. Mm -hmm. So, Thanks. and uh, your own fuzzy little kids. That's right. Into the family someday. Yeah. Emotional, yeah. fuzzy headed kids. <laughs> so, finishing up with Macy. And as always, parents, go be crazy. CrazyCoolFamily.com. <laughs>